Greyhound to trap one. Over. Thank you for downloading the Trap One podcast. My name is Mark McManus. My co-host this week is Pete Lambert, and we'll be discussing The Woman Who Fell to Earth, episode one of series 11. How's it going, Pete? Hello, Mark. It's going very well. Thank you. I can't believe it's finally happened. It just seemed like it was going to be years and years until this episode finally got shown. It does. um, It feels like a huge gap, doesn't it? Even bigger than the sort of the gap between series nine and ten, in a way. Yeah, and it's funny because I mean, Christmas is only, only 10 months, so it, which isn't really uh, a colossal amount of time in the universal scale since uh, since the last episode. But yeah, it just really feels like there's been a whole a whole hiatus. Yeah, I think that the lack of details leaking out has, has probably fed into that to some extent. feels like yeah. there's, been a, there's been a kind of real drought up until very recently. Yeah, no, so nothing was ticking over. It was all just poised and, and under wraps. Yeah. Uh, so something I always like to ask a new co-host is how you originally got into Doctor Who, if you can remember your first story, anything like that. Yeah, well, I had a bit of a higgledy-piggledy introduction, cause, uh, or at least the first time I really started watching it was that um, repeat season they did, uh, just between Tom Baker finishing and Peter Davison starting. Um, I think we didn't actually watch TV on Saturday tea times in our house much, um, so I only had very vague memories of, of Tom Baker's Doctor, but then there was this... Uh, I think it was on four nights a week on BBC Two um, of uh, you know, one story from each Doctor in the run-up to the anniversary, and that just got me completely hooked on this this weird show that could be like an old 1930s B movie one week, and then the next week it's a big 70s adventure, and then the next week it's this weird thing about maths in space. And uh, yeah, I've always loved the uh, the more the more random extremes of Doctor Who. I guess as a result of that, that's kind of how I feel it ought to be. Yeah, brilliant. So that was it was the Aztecs, the Crotons, uh, an Earth Child, Crotons, um, oh, yeah, Carnival yeah. of Monsters, like, and and Carnival was my first um, uh, target book. Then that that was the the lynch, that, that was the linchpin yeah. that got me pulled in when I I went out and bought the book of it. That was my first merchandise, and then you know you're hooked. Don't you? Yeah, uh, and then they showed Logopolis, uh, and and then we were off into the exciting new world of uh, season nineteen. Brilliant. Which I'm very much looking forward to seeing on on Blu-ray. Yeah, me too. I've got this one pre-ordered. Um, I, I totally missed the boat with the last one. I didn't realize it was limited edition. I thought I'll get that for Christmas. Uh, and then yeah, they're, yeah, the strange that they did that because uh, yeah, the plenty more sales were uh, available to them. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, that's uh, you keep sort of hearing things that it is going to be re-released, and then some people say it isn't. But um, yeah. Uh, I'm holding out hope that uh, apparently though you can order it from Australia um, and they're the same region as us. I guess they're region two as well. Yeah, um, oh, that takes me back to the uh, late eighties VHS exchanges. As yeah. well. that's a good Doctor <laughs> Who tradition to, uh, to to resurrect. Yeah, because uh, yeah, apparently it's, it's still widely available down there. So that's uh, uh, something to think about. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I can't get one here, I'd, I'd hate to get all the others and have that hole in my uh, in the collection. Uh, and, and there's just such a shortage of Doctor Who at the moment. It's just what, how, how can we possibly cope? Yeah, <laughs> uh, without uh, getting even, even more Doctor Who in even more formats. Just, That's it. Yeah, I've owned it on VHS and DVD, but I'll, I'll be good if I don't get on <laughs> Blu-ray as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just that completionist thing, isn't it? Um, I don't want it to be another Dying Days, where it's the one gap in that collection that, uh, that I've still got. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's good. Uh, but they, they keep adding things in, though, don't they? It's not they're not just churning out the same stuff again. They always give you just enough to make the sort of like you think, yeah, okay, this is definitely worth rebuying. 
Yeah, it seems like the uh, the features on it were great, and the stuff. This, it looks like they're putting a bit of money into the season nineteen one as well, um, with the the photos on Twitter, some of the sets they've built, and that kind of thing. Yeah, really good signs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but we've got a brand new uh, the uh, the beginning of a brand new series with a brand new Doctor and, and a brand new, a new a new era, a new a new everything really. It, it's a, four new characters we're going to meet, who, who we've none of whom we know before, which has only happened once before, I think, in the history of Doctor Who back in '63. Yeah. Just a fresh slate of four people. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah because we've had the sort of uh, a couple of new ones each time, but but this is pretty good. Yeah, I was. Um, it's surprisingly the opening scene. Obviously, we're talking about it in a minute. Where we started watching. <laughs> uh, I hadn't gleaned anything from the pre-publicity that there was any existing connection between them i'd assumed they were going to be all sort of four uh, three random people um so yeah i was surprised even the opening scene that ryan and graham were together um and yeah this family yeah it's kind of it's clever because it gives them a bit of a shortcut to them having that a bit of familiarity they're not just right they haven't got to spend a lot of time introducing themselves to each other and everything yeah they've got that little uh, a basis to, to take it forward from, yeah. Yeah, and an interesting backstory already for them uh, about how they're gonna how they're gonna relate to each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you're ready, I'm raring. Well, uh, if anybody's gonna watch along at home, uh, we are gonna press play on the woman who fell to earth. Uh, we'll go three, two, one, play. Go. There we go. BBC log. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, this is kind of a feels really modern, I think, doesn't it? Having the YouTube channel, yeah, and, and an immediate, and I love the little immediate um, sort of double, uh, sort of double bluff that they're doing. But he's talking about the most wonderful woman he's ever met, and of course, the first thing you think is, well, does he mean the Doctor? Is this all a flashback? Yeah, well, I did anyway, uh, and uh, and then you realise that it, there's, there's some more to his life, and, stru- and and it's interesting that he's he's like. The, the first face, the first person. So it's like this, this is our identification uh, character, isn't it? Yeah, I was um, surprised by that. Yes, it, it's, it's to begin with, especially, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of his point of view. Because I wondered if we were going to start, start with the Doctor and then have her gradually meet these people and we meet them with her. But, uh, but now we've got this little setup. Yeah, it's the, the falling to earth thing, which seemed like a big cliffhanger. Is very much not uh, not anything in this, is it? Yeah, yeah and, and but it sort of becomes a, a what's the word? Like, so it's a motif, isn't it? Throughout the whole thing, of people falling off stuff, basically. Yeah. So she she fell out of the TARDIS. He falls off his bike. It, um, and there's other falls to come. I guess we don't need to worry about spoilers. I think most people yeah. probably already watched it. Once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless they, maybe well, maybe they've been saving. They've wanted to hear the trap one version. Yeah. It's the only way to fully uh, fully do it. Yeah, it's the optimal way of experiencing it. Is uh, is hearing us discuss it. <laughs> age, yeah, it's bound catching on. So apparently, Bradley Walsh. He's got good throwing up. He's got a good throwing arm, hasn't he? He's got that bike a long way down to those woods. Yeah, when you see it, yeah, you see where it ends up, definitely. Yeah, he's proper launched off there. This beautiful uh, panoramic view here as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you're immediately getting a nice feel for this as a, you know, a real place, real people in their, in their environment. Um, yeah, nice way of going after you've had the sort of um, the, the London stuff with the RTD era. 
and then the more kind of bit more countryside stuff with Ledworth, wasn't it? With um, the beginning of the Moffat yeah, era. that's all mag- um, yeah, sort of magical Harry Potterish village that a lot of the Moffat era sort of grew out of. This is another way to go, isn't it? Just pick another British city that's that's very different to London, I guess. Um, so you've you've got a bit of the uh, the rural stuff and the uh, the sea stuff as well. Yeah, and and, and the, the rural stuff is out sort of in the in the daylight. It, it is really that's really high bike. Yeah, <laughs> this, this effect is lovely. It just looks really. I don't know. It it just looks sort of all HD to me, and um, I don't know. I'm not phrasing it well, but you know what I mean. It it, it just looks like a, a new style of effect. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like a lot of not that. Not just another. It's yeah, it's like the house style has completely changed again, hasn't it? Which uh, um, and then more change, even really uh, moving into this because the effects company's changed. The music is uh, is by the new composer. And I really love the backing music throughout this. I've got to say, um, I'm someone who's not the biggest Murray Gold fan, um, mm. but I know loads of people really love him and and brilliant for that. But I, I was I was happy for a fresh fresh start. Um, probably just probably just wanting change as much as anything because I loved I loved it at first. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's just brilliant. a nice new and a whole new sort of tone to it as well. The music's doing a slightly different job. It's a bit more suggestive rather than. Um, announcing yeah what you ought to feel yeah definitely definitely oh that's yeah. it oh no he's touched it i knew he was going to touch it yeah and this um this thing is just, you never get really in, in doctor who or all this kind of stuff of phoning the police when something weird happens it's the first thing you <laughs> naturally yeah. do isn't it um and nobody yeah, does it. yeah and it's a real challenge for scriptwriters now isn't it about what how do you deal with the fact that everyone's got phones yeah it just completely changes drama doesn't it yeah that's it. Um, this is a real police woman this time, not a uh, not a kissogram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. We're going to get a, a police officer in the uh, in the police box, aren't we? That's uh, that's kind of the first time that's happened, I guess. Oh, apart from uh, uh, apart from Bernie Cribbins. Bernie Cribbins. Yeah, that's what I was trying to. I was trying to think of his character <laughs> right, name, yeah, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Tom. 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 That's it. Yeah. Not Ian. Ian too. Yeah, I was trying to remember what the thing is that and I've forgotten already. The thing that Peter Davison says in um, uh, Castrofalva about one of them's the heart, one of them's the head, and one of them's the feet or whatever. The, the three is three companions, but and I really think we might get something like that actually being being shown a bit more rather than told about. And maybe that um, she's going to be much more of the, uh, you know, the the organized one and the one who can focus when the doctor's being. Scatty, yeah. And the doctor's trying to see a million things at once. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see see what role they play, especially kind of when they're out of their natural environment in the in the next episode. Uh, it's going to be kind of a bigger test for them. It feels like, doesn't it? Here, she's she's got all the resources of, of being a police officer, and uh, Bradley Walsh's character's got these kind of network of bus drivers and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think this uh, the the stuff that comes up later with that you've got the uh, where they're using social media and things to, to to look for unusual events. That kind of really brought it home for me how much the world has changed since two thousand and five when Rose came out. You know, Rose has to go wow. to Mickey's flat to use the internet. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not not just in her pocket like like everybody you know most people can access it now. 
I'm glad it doesn't kill you as soon as you touch it. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be seeing much more of that. Would we? No. It's fortunate that it's not one of those alien pods. It's one that just feels a bit funny. I love this shot. That is just very, um, I don't know, makes me think of Night of the Demon. I'm probably getting a bit over-enthusiastic there. It's the, just uh, a train in the dark, but it might be of Night of the Demon because that's my favourite film. Yeah. And again, after, after like 55 years, Doctor Who not really done anything on trains before that I could think of. It's such a kind of uh, everyday thing, which is which is what they, they like to do, Doctor Who, isn't it? Is put something unusual in an everyday setting, but I can't think that they've done that with a train before. It's 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 still new while being um, in that tradition. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. Yeah, we've had lots of space equivalents, haven't we? People yeah. in menaced by man ships or whatever, but not um, a yeti in the in the vestibule area. Yeah. Now the music here, and obviously we're watching with the sound down because mm. we'd get in trouble, but um, I just remember really liking the music at this point. It's so uh, pacey and yeah. uh, um, sort of malevolent. Mm. Yeah, this is great stuff. And and the second kind of big BBC drama to have a start off with a bit on a train with the, did you watch The Bodyguard recently? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, it's becoming a Sunday night so. uh, <laughs> train <laughs> Death, death defying antics on a train is becoming a Sunday night staple of BBC One, isn't it? Yeah, it moves BBC have invested a, in a train. The, tank engine reboot. <laughs> the next Thomas the Tank Engine reboot is going to be really dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is... So this uh, is the point where I was, who's he, what do I know him from? And, uh, but, but wasn't even tempted to go to uh, IMDB while it was on. I didn't look at my phone once while watching this. No, no, I didn't. I was, um, I was pretty hooked. I didn't get to watch it till late as well. I didn't get to watch it till eleven o'clock. Um, Ooh, I was, did you stay up, stay off Twitter? Well, I was. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was. I was all set for watching it, and about six o'clock, my wife said, "Oh, we have to go and go to our friends." And I was like, y- "You're joking!" Like after he was on in like forty-five minutes, and now oh, we've got to go over. So I'll come over for a little bit. And we went over, and um, they were telling us they're having a baby. So. Um, I was like, oh, we're not getting out of here anytime soon, are we? This is going to be like, this is going to turn into, uh, turn into a long evening. So yeah, eleven o'clock when yeah. we got back, and uh, so I was, it was killing me. Yeah. I mean, great for them. But you get that delayed, grat- delayed gratification. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, and good news for them and everything. But um, yeah, they don't watch Doctor Who, so they weren't aware of the uh, <laughs> the pain I was going through. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I guess we all knew at this point that, that Grace here is not going to become a companion. Uh, uh, she's in a couple of pictures she's not been announced about. So at this point, I'm immediately thinking, I mean, we know if Bradley Walsh is not going to get eaten by a monster right now. Yeah. But she's obviously in actual peril. I thought this was, because she's she's the braver, especially between her and, uh, and Bradley Walsh's character. Uh, I thought this, yeah. this was going to be her. And then because the clip that was released... Um, this the, Sorry, kind no of the music, this bit when the, the Doctor Who theme tune comes in under it, I yeah. loved that. That was hairs on the back of the neck standing up for me. That was great. It reminded me yeah. of the 80s when you used to get that, um, when the Doctor would do something a bit Doctory, you'd get the, that three notes, yeah. that do do do. Uh, or in K9 and, and Company, you get it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When, when Sarah Jane gets the note from the Doctor with K9 and K9 and Company, they, they play those three bars as well, don't they? It, uh, that's what it reminded me of. And again, this is uh, like an alien that's not like anything we've seen. The style of everything. She's got, she, keeps, she keeps her back to it at first. Yeah. Which is weird, actually, because you think anyone would just be you know, pointing at it and going, what's that? Yeah. But at the same time, she's not being 
overly goofy. No. You know, she's not doing a, ooh, fiddlesticks. I'm, you know, it, yeah. it, is, it is eccentric and, and really endearing, but not over the top because no. it's so tense and you can't have be that. You couldn't be really funny and this tense at the same time, so it's just a little bit. Yeah. She does have that. All ah, right, and you did. Those, I didn't notice on the first shot that, you, but you do clearly see those little beams all go to their shoulder. Blades, yeah, uh, and got his hand on it as well, doesn't he? Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't pick up on it. It was only on the second watch uh, that, I, that mm. I saw that. Yeah, I think she's got that doctory thing of of being able to switch between the uh, the the jokey and the the serious, which uh, I think is, is is essential for the for the part. Yeah, and, and much harder than they all make it look. Yeah. You can just be really funny, and then, and then a, a really death-defying moment might not work. It's really hard to make that flip. Yeah, and then they've got to turn on a sixpence as well, haven't they? It's got to be, it's got to be immediate. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is the bit that we saw that was, uh, that was on the kind of the chat shows and things, wasn't it? And they were so restrained about that. You know, there's no sign of the monster. There's no sign of... Um, I remember a thing back when um, Moffat took over. There was an inter- it might have been just before there was an interview with him when he said, "Oh, this poor train driver. I, mm. I hope she becomes like a a pig bin uh, of uh, in future." Uh, yeah. Be inflamed <laughs> yeah. with hands. I'll, I'll look forward to getting her autograph in yeah. twenty years. Um, but um, uh, when Moffat took over, I remember him saying that he talked to Russell T Davis about wanting to hold things back from the trailers for his episodes, and, and RTD was like, "No, no, just go for it." But everything in the trailer you just got to go hell for leather don't hold back and and Moffat said he learned to do that from, from RTD which is perfectly sound mm. but they've definitely not done that here they've held so much back it's a real change of, of approach to the promotion and, and it's paid off obviously with the ratings yeah yeah was it 8.2 million did I see headline yeah, I think. yeah and that's just the overnights as well so yeah. that's that's only going to go up isn't it that, that would, it's, yeah yeah uh, it's um and it's such a good slot. I mean, it was up against um, Central News on ITV here. Mm. Um, the, the ITV just obviously was not going to waste money trying to fight, try, trying to beat it. You know, they're, they're putting all their money into other things, I suppose. Yeah. Don't know how long that'll last. Cause it's... We saw off Celebrity Wrestling back in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? ITV put... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this could do it. People would rather watch Celebrity Sorry, why are we talking about... Why am I talking about Celebrity Wrestling when there's a program that's good on the screen in front of me? <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, point. For, for years, Sunday nights have been a, a bit of a desert, haven't they, where there's there's not a lot on. And the odd time when they do put something really good on, it, it cleans up. So it does seem like a no-brainer. Mm. Now, she never, she doesn't stop to say, well, I'm in post-regenerative stress, so coming through a roof actually hasn't harmed me. Mm. It, it's kind of just left as a, mis, as a mysterious thing. And I, if you're not, I guess if you're a casual viewer, you just roll with it, basically. Yeah, this is it. Stop and have her explain and do diagrams of regeneration energy and everything. Yeah, if if you just watched Twice Upon a Time, like the day before this, I think, and and I didn't, but I was expecting it to be her doing something clever as she dropped to slow her descent Mm. or or kind of, yeah, kind of save herself. But yeah, like you say, it's it's better that it isn't addressed, really. Yeah. That, that line's going to be um, quoted. That's not quite leave the girl, it's the man I want, but stick with me, you're going to get some. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, stick with me, you might get some. Could yeah. welcome a, uh, <laughs> a quotable line in the future. 
I was enjoying it so much the first time. I didn't even notice the bit of innuendo. Yeah. That's a lot, actually. <laughs> now, at this point, I thought, he is an alien, or he's just going to step outside and get eaten. Yeah. They've completely part of the whole uh, whether or not everybody on Earth actually remembers the Dalek invasion that only happened a few years ago thing, this, haven't they? This was did, point. did that all disappear off Amy's crack? Um, yeah, and, and just didn't happen. <laughs> did that all unhappen? I can't no, quite remember. My understanding is all the all the really big, obvious Russell T Davies era alien invasions were erased when the universe got rebooted. Um, and then the Moth era didn't oh, really have really big conspicuous ones, did they? That I can even the Monks trilogy, it was all resolved within uh, that last oh, episode. Re- why nobody they rebooted the? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know the the statues are still around, but people thought it was a student film or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Despite the number of people that must have died during the <laughs> occupation, but. And that- and I think that's just got to be, yeah. I think that's just got to be a Doctor Who thing that we accept in the same way that we accept it's a different James Bond. Yeah. And sometimes he gets older, and, and it isn't that he's regenerated. It's just, it's just part of the story, and it's a Doctor Who story. So every few years we get a sort of clean sheet without really needing to go into the mechanics of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And I love the remembrance explanation where he just says, "Well, do you remember the, the Zygon Gambit or the Yetis in the Underground?" Uh, just there's a, just a, a human tendency just to get back to normal and forget it all happened. Uh, Reception filters as being a very human thing, uh, yeah. uh, and it's got a nice ring to it. Now, like the, the shift into into the city. My brother used to live on one of those streets, actually. Yeah, so, right. He was a student. He was a student. Um, it goes, yeah, it goes very uh, industrial, doesn't it? Now and and yeah, this, uh, this yeah, we've moved into a different phase. As you say, I love the bit before with the with the doctor wanting the uh, the lights and the sirens and the the, the lights on the police car, um, and they're a little disappointed <laughs> yeah. when they don't want you won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy. This is interesting. That um, I think this this guy that is the sister has been previously taken by this race uh, as part of the the leadership contest. Yeah. Um, it suggests that they always hunt in Sheffield, doesn't it? Which yeah. makes it a bit easy. I don't know. Like, does he really need the uh, the gathering coil? Like, if, if if he always takes people from Sheffield, and most people are on Facebook now, uh, maybe that breaks one of his rules too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've no idea. But I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I'm expecting now. Once the episode finished, I was left thinking we're, we're definitely coming back to this. There's bound to be. Uh, that 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 sister um, and and um, old Toothy McToothface uh, are bound to be um, followed up. Yeah, like in the series, but I don't know that. Just, no, the it just feels like stuff. Yeah, I felt because he teleported away, and because we know that all the previous victims—they're not dead; they're held in stasis. So they're, they're basically yeah, alive and, and could be pulled out of stasis and, and not, not have aged or anything like that you know it could be like a flight of the navigator type return for them mm. um, that uh, that it might be something that she does to uh, to rescue them once she's got the TARDIS back uh, whenever that is yeah. might not be till uh, well, this episode is, 10 and this is oh yeah yeah <laughs> And this is nice, the little team all getting their things to do. Yeah. And yeah, Grace being a valuable member of the team. 
Yeah, at this point, there's, it's so ominous, isn't it? Because she, she has equal screen time with all the other characters. You know that um, that there's there's no way that uh, uh, Graham would go travelling without her the way they are together. Oh. <laughs> She's, uh, yeah, it's like sort of casualty or something, isn't it? When you know uh, something bad's going to happen to somebody in the, uh, at the start. Oh, but with the finger up the nose. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a sort of to me that's like uh, getting close to to sort of fish fingers in custody but um, uh, still holding it back a little bit yeah there's there's the least amount of post regenerative sort of trauma in this one of pretty much and yeah and on on the whole I I like having a a doctor that hits the ground running I think Eccleston had such a good start in that respect um uh, and particularly when you're doing it, when you you are kind of trying to start from scratch, having the doctor just go, you know, "Here I am. This, this is pretty much me." Although you're going to find out more about me yet. Yeah, the eleventh hour is quite like that as well, isn't it? It's a very kinetic, uh, fast-paced episode. It did, this did remind me of the eleventh hour. This sort of dashing around in vehicles and uh, kind of climbing up the cranes, yeah. like the um, like the, the fire engine. He's running up the ladder and things like that. It's uh, it's got that same kind of pace, I think. And I love the, the new Doctor running around in the old Doctor's costume. That's always a, a, a sort of thrill, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know why, but it just is. It's like a special special bonus. Yeah. And it really suits her. It does. I would have been perfectly happy if she'd had a costume like this. Yeah, definitely. If she just got the, the smartened up version of that again, it would, it would have been great. Um, I, I do prefer... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Jodie Whittaker's costume, but the 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 Doctor's outfit being a style of dressing rather than a fixed costume, I think works better. Uh, you know, cause yeah. kind of um, once um, uh, John Nathan Turner took over, it was it was very much that is a it's kind of a uniform, isn't it? Um, as opposed to that's good know, shot. Right? He's giving us good shock face there. So I just want to particularly give give, uh, give yeah. bonus points to that guy for his shocked face. Yeah, that thing's going on. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, um, I, uh, that that thing of it being easier for toys. And I wonder if now there's there's a bit of a cosplay thing. Like we want to make sure the cosplayers are all all know um, exactly who they're dressing as. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Like but like you say, it, it's it's a, it's about giving them an instantly recognisable style rather than a yeah. costume. It's the real and a, and a silhouette, isn't it? That's the uh, that's part of it now. I think. Yeah, yeah. This is quite good as well. The um, where she she's mixing up the senses and uh, uh, and, and verbs and things like that. She's uh, she settles in. You got the DNA bomb. Don't strangle. No, Don't yeah. strangle him. It won't go well. Oh, she's yeah. not strangling him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can't uh, can't see them trying that ever again. <laughs> I think well yeah I, yeah it is the job I just need the job of an episode like of a launch episode to make you like this new lead character or if not like then at least be absolutely fascinated by mm. uh, I think they managing to do both here because we we know that she's a proper heavyweight actress who can do the really intense stuff and there's kind of I'm quite tantalised think that 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 is up ahead there's going to be more much more drama for it to get her teeth into as well as having the fun and the adventures 
Yeah, the the opening one's always a bit broader, isn't it? It's a bit of a, a lighter story in in terms of plot and and tone. It's got to be. I love that bit when she yeah, because uh, it's just so. When she touches the phone to the uh, to the bomb on her <laughs> neck and it sends her flying back into the door. <laughs> it's a great unexpected little bit. And then she <laughs> yeah. gets right back up again as well as if it hasn't happened. Ah, and then we get the the first look at uh, this... Tim Shaw. <laughs> I, I was. Were you expecting some kind of explanation of why they're in Sheffield? And she has a Yorkshire accent. I thought that was going to be the the, the, the link was going to be made somehow. And I started thinking: Is there any way that that can be said that the doctor picks up the accent of wherever the, the first voice is that, um, that he or she hears? But that doesn't really going backwards, does it? Um, otherwise, Sylvester would sound like Kate O'Mara, etc., etc. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like when he's a very nice monster. When Matt Smith talks about um, the first face that I saw with these eyes and stuff, uh, uh, yeah, Sylvester McCoy's was the Rani dressed as Mal. <laughs> yes. No wonder he was slightly unhinged at first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah another another death there. I yeah, uh, I got a, yeah. I got a text off my mum after this um, after the episode went out. Uh, so mm. I just wanted to let you know I watched Doctor Who, really liked it, but there was too much killing. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, and, and people's expectation. I mean, and, and now that bit there, I think someone someone said it. There was a moment where it sounded, it, it felt like they probably had originally put on a crunching bone sound effect or something. And but then this had second thoughts and not used it. Yeah. Someone on Twitter, I think, oh, that. Um, and that's a good point because they obviously are they're pitching this very precisely. Mm. Want to scare them and behind the sofa, but um, don't want to get it. Uh, don't quite banned. say anything. Yeah, because I'd be able to share time slot. Yeah. Because we don't see this guy's body, but the description of it's pretty brutal, isn't it? They talk about his jaw being split open and the tooth being removed, uh, which I think works well yeah. in Doctor Who when you can't show something. But there's times when you get a really good description, especially when it's the Doctor. I think the ones that stick out for me were um, like State of Decay when they talk about the bullships battling against the the great vampires, and you think, yeah, it would be a bit rubbish if you showed that, but. The Doctor describing it, it sounds awesome. Um, and in The Curse of Fenric, when they talk about the Doctor pulling the bones out of the sand and carving them into chess pieces, I always think that sounds amazing as well, but not something you, you could or would show. No, but it's a really, yeah, it's a really vivid image just, just to conjure up in your mind's eye, isn't it? And that's the... Like in the past, they had to do things like that because they just couldn't, couldn't do it, whereas yeah. now they've got the full toy box and could create absolutely any, any image. But um, they've got to choose where to be subtle and sly with it. Yeah. There we go, yeah. So, yeah, this is talking about his face being ice blasted and his jaw split open, his tooth ripped out. It's, uh, they're selling it on the reactions and the descriptions. Mm. And, I mean, it's still, you know, compared to Bill with a, with a hole shot through a stomach. Yeah. It's not as um, gruesome as that. On screen, no. All the stuff that you see in uh, in the eighties. Yeah, I was watching the two doctors recently, and when Oscar gets stabbed in the restaurant and stuff, it's it's pretty grim. Yeah, it really is, and that is one of my favourite stories. I wouldn't say it's one of the 
best, but yeah. I've watched it so many times. It was one of the first ones I taped on VHS. Uh, yeah. So I just owe it word for word. I went to Seville last week, so I watched it again before I went. And uh, oh, yeah. no. the, the bit that stuck out for me was that the Oscar is he's stabbed and he dies in the restaurant. And then they cut to another shot in the same restaurant. And the waiters are still serving, and all the other diners are just eating away like nothing's happened while his corpse is draped over his chair. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's his name, the director of that one? Is that, is that Moffat directed that? Other Moffat? Peter Moffat, I, I think, him. yeah. Peter, yeah, was, was it him? Yeah, he, he was, um, it's funny, on the commentary track on the DVD, he's just saying, oh, I don't remember any of this, I just pointed the camera at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lovely little man, but it's like a lovely little man, you know, really charming and, and yeah. a delight. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think he basically went and had a week in Spain pointing a camera at things. Yeah. Not that that bit was not in Spain. I forget that sometimes. Yeah. I, I found a few of the locations, so that, that was quite fun. Uh, now, that, I like that. Um, uh, Yaz is the one who says, let's take a look around. Mm. That's her bit. You, you're seeing that she's being policey, you know, and, and they don't they'll all just look at the doctor and wait to be told what to do. Yeah. Uh, Grace, is, people with their own. Grace is quite proactive as well, isn't she? She's sort of, uh, especially towards the end, she's she's getting stuck in with everything. Yeah. She's the one that says, oh, let's cover the body up as well. It would have been an interesting, I mean, it would be, I guess, one too many characters at that point, but it would have been an interesting dynamic having her around as well going forward. Yeah. Mm. And I guess her absence though, is going to be, there's this, gap for a heroic woman in, in both of their lives now both yeah. the guy's lives uh, for, the, for the doctor to, uh, to to fill absolutely this guy's got his uh, Fox Mulder kind of office here isn't he reminded me a bit of um, what's his name from the episode Rose Clive with his uh, yeah. Clive yeah, yeah who met the similar fakers yeah they were probably uh, in the same kind of uh, Facebook group or something, weren't they? Or was that that probably predates Facebook? Oh, is, is it two thousand and five? Yeah, things like that. Yeah, pre Facebook, probably pre Google as well. You had to use an internet browser, search engine. Yeah, ask Jeeves or something. <laughs> I think everyone should have everyone should have a, uh, a file like that on their desktop. Bit here if I die. Yeah, um, just insulting everyone you really want to insult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like in Sherlock, the uh, when um, uh, Watson's wife—I can't, I can't remember her name—she uh, left loads of DVDs, hadn't she? Of, <laughs> with oh, yes. uh, one for every occasion. Yeah, I love these this description this here as well of, of regeneration. It's all quite—it's uh, just familiar, but not not. Not the exact definition you've heard before, or not the exact description you've heard before. Sure, yeah. And, and um, some of the bits that, when I saw the trailer, I was a bit concerned that some of the text things she's saying, you know, I always help everyone, and da da da. And I was thinking, well, yeah, that's great, but it's going to be a bit ah. weird if you just walk around saying that all the time. That's not really a doctory thing to do in my book, although I know it happens a lot lately. But, um, but it's actually, when, when in the context of the episode, when she's saying, I help people and everything, that's actually her remembering that that's who she is. Yeah. Not just, not just reading out her character outline to anyone who happens to be listening. She, she's, actually, she's actually saying it because she's just thinking about it. That's, the, that's one thing I haven't really liked about 
the the, the previous two kind of eras is that uh, that elevator pitch type thing when the doctor announces his backstory and uh, you know I'm the doctor I'm 900 years old and it was it's the um, the, uh, the voyage of the damned isn't it where uh, he even says I'm from Gallifrey and the castellation of Casturbrus and all this kind of stuff it's, yeah I, I like the the more like the I'm a traveler passing through type explanations the wanderer now some that made, how did that just make me jump? I've already seen it. <laughs> a little spark out the end. But um, I love the fact that she can knock it up in a couple of, what, what we're guessing, she's had a couple of hours there. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not a magic wand, it's just a tool that she can use for some things. Yeah. It's, I think it's really cool looking as well, and that, that kind of hammered metal look, Sheffield steel thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and improvise. And, and I love the idea of Doctor somebody just got to use her wits to improvise and try and sort things out and isn't a god and although I mean there's been some really good stories that didn't know like going back to the McCoy era or before where the Doctor does know everything when he arrives mm. and that's fine but I do like it when the Doctor is just dumped somewhere and having to use use their wits to, yeah. uh, to figure it all out yeah absolutely I think what I didn't get on the first viewing was she, she's using some of the alien technology for the sonic screwdriver, isn't she? Those sort of glowing crystals, they're not just something that were lying around. Yeah, they? yeah she's customising. Yeah. So it looks like this, is, it's got some kind of display on it, is that? Because the other ones it said, um, a couple of times they say there's a psychic interface, but this she does actually look like she's reading something off it. I haven't seen the toy or anything mm. yet, so I haven't really seen one close up. It could just be a sort of little readout, you know, a little scale yeah. rather than a uh, possibly we're overthinking this. Yeah. But, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of the territory. If we weren't overthinking it, then it wouldn't be doing its job. True. And, and the, the, she, she you know, takes a plan A, first guess, and it t- turns out later that this isn't the case. But we're totally with her just thinking it through and figuring it out as she goes. Yeah, definitely. I I was thinking the same along the same lines that this was going to be, um, you know, like a, a criminal. One of the aliens was going to be a criminal, and the other one was uh, was uh, there to to capture it or something. And it's, it it does feel like a, a superior Torchwood episode in a lot of ways. Yeah, because it's made. I mean, it's Torchwood is very Jim Lee, and this is Jim Lee, I suppose. I like Torchwood quite a lot. I'm not, I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but I watched it all when it was on and enjoyed it. What, what about you? How did Torchwood affect you? I, did it affect you? I really like Children of Earth. I wasn't that keen on any of the rest of it. I thought the second season I liked a lot more than the first, but I never really liked the characters. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone back yeah. to it. I think I've gone so, back and watched a couple so, of episodes, but not many. This is Torchwood, but likable. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think they, they, I think they recognised the unlikability of a lot of the characters for the second series and, and rewrote them heavily, especially um, uh, Bern Gorman's character. I can't remember his name. Uh, he seemed to be... Oh. Oh, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, he seemed to be really rewritten, uh, from what I remember anyway, in the second series. Uh Never throw salad at a monster down a dark alleyway. I could have told him that was a bad move. Yeah. 
I never get the salad in a kebab anyway. I, you know, <laughs> if you're getting a kebab, <laughs> you just uh, you just say no salad. Yeah, <laughs> that's got his priorities. And look where it's led him. Yeah, <sighs> this what a is, waste. It's quite. Um, this kind of looked a bit old school horror movie to me. This with kind of lightning on the roof and everything, like uh, no, like a Frankenstein yeah. or something like that. It's a great looking thing, and the way it um, the way it just slumps into a pile of cables when uh, when they electrocute it. Works Someone has spent nine months coding that, haven't they? In, the, yeah. in some amazing <laughs> software package to get it slumping exactly the right way. Yeah, I hope they're proud. me a bit of Colony Sarf, actually. The way it was kind of a lot of um, kind of snake like coils, you know, um, yeah. together into uh, into a different form. Uh, and this is clever. This is—it's not shown, but she's taken the DNA bombs off them and implanted them in this. Oh yeah, because we. Uh, it's, it's, it's around this point, uh, and we because they're they're mostly hidden by the collars. We don't know that they're not there anymore. So it's, uh, it's mm. a nice way of doing. And that's not. Yeah, and that's that's not just to save on effects. That's actually yeah to, to deceive us as the audience to make us not notice that they're gone. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of proper doctor stuff, isn't it? He's defeated you, or she's defeated you without uh, without you even seeing what she's done. So you say you recognise the, the actor who plays Carl from... Yeah. I think it looked familiar. And it turns out he was in Coronation Street in the late, uh, like 2009 or something, which I only watched it, and that was around the time that I used to watch it, so I think I probably recognise him from that. Ah, right. I've never really watched that, so it's... Uh... He's done lots of other things too, I think, bits and pieces, yeah. but that was the one thing I think I've seen in there. I get the first time this, the new this, Doctor faces off with a with an alien and yeah. uh, must have some... Uh, I'm, kind of on, I'm kind of on tenterhooks, so don't, don't say anything that I find really annoying. Yeah. And, and, and she doesn't, well, but she doesn't say anything I find really annoying. Yeah. Great to have some, some repartee and uh, go toe-to-toe with a, with a monster for the first time. And uh, this reveal when the mask comes off. I yeah, this did make me think of uh, Talons, Magnus Grill. Yeah. yeah, or Sharon's Jack or something. Yeah. It's, but then I guess that's um, it's a sci-fi staple, isn't it? We don't uh, have any yeah. proprietaries or something. That's it. It's like I thought the first time watching. I was thinking it's like a twisted version of the Tooth Fairy, isn't it? This uh, <laughs> yes. this creature coming down and uh, <laughs> seeking people out and taking the people. Yeah, and this is a really good bit of them weaving in the humour of um, the, the name Tim Zhao. Which is this funny for people watching with subtitles on? Because we we do watch our uh, my partners. We all got, not got very good hearing, so we always have subtitles on. So the Zim Sha joke was maybe funnier. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think watching with subtitles, yeah, it does. It does work better. It really, I think it really, it's great the way she does it. Yeah. And and he's got the, you know, the the, the, the definitive deep, spooky, I'm going to kill everyone monster voice uh, of, of an evil psychopathic creature. And she's not at all rising to it. She's not, yeah. she's not yelling at him. She's not just being herself. She, she's pitching it just as the doctor talking to someone. Mm. Um she she does call him a big blue coward, doesn't she? Which um, I think we we learned last yes. year in Oxygen is is quite racist about um, blue people, isn't it? 
I think, oh, that's uh, shocking. I, hadn't, I, I feel really bad for letting that go by without uh, even objecting to it. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, clearly got um, blatant bluophobia. Yeah. <laughs> She's not as woke as we all hoped. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it is oxygen, isn't it? Where there's, uh, there's the blue character um, accuses Bill of racism, I think. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's that one. Not because another blue character in World Enough and Time, but I'm sure it's oxygen where that happens. And then in um, Eaters of Light, she gets accused of being um, prejudiced about um, sexual, sexuality prejudice. Because yeah. she, uh, she, she's one of those odd people who specifies one gender to be yeah. attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, yeah, because it's, it's, this is the Doctor's plan all along, completely playing into it. Yeah, oh, yeah, go on and have it. I've tried to stop you. But yeah. this, is, uh, this is the seeds of Tim Shaw's undoing. Ah, this is when you just get sucked into watching it, isn't it? When <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking at the subtitles, uh, yeah. and uh, there's not a hint. It, so I know you, you <laughs> I know you really liked um, Deep Breath. You were saying I did, yeah. And that's I, me. That's a bit of a marmite one for me. I, di- I just, I didn't. I got quite vexed watching it because I thought they were making the same mistakes that were made in the Twin Dilemma. Mm. Um, to some extent, about you know having treating the doctor's new unlikableness as a or prickliness, if you like, as as a as a an issue that the companion has to deal with, and we sort of feel sorry for the companion for having to deal with it. Um, but um, and there's there's that scene that there's a bit in it where where um, Clara says, "How can I change him back to, yeah. to someone?" Um, and I just thought, I remember thinking, "Don't." Don't do that. Yeah. In the, you know, this is. <laughs> I mean, we know that she learns. She learns to love him. But um, that is actually the thing I didn't like about but it. But, as there's, well. not, but uh, there's not a hint of that here. There's not a hint no. of. Isn't it? Same. You're not one of the one of your predecessors. Yeah. That actually did. That was the one issue I had with Deep Breath was that Clara reacted like that when she, having been in the Doctor's time stream in like the previous story or, or two stories prior to that. She should know more about regeneration yeah. and the different incarnations than anybody else he's ever met. Yeah, um, but I think it, it seemed like they were addressing the audience or potential audience resistance to an older Doctor, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, I'm worried that the kids wouldn't like it. Yeah, but I think I think here they were just not addressing it at all that, they, that we've got a female Doctor just just going in and doing it. I think works better. Yeah, yeah, it's just just hit the ground running at all places. Yeah, just not now, like, an issue. One review that I wrote, that I read. I don't I don't normally bother reading reviews all that much, but one review on one website, uh, the, the writer wasn't that impressed by it. By this episode, fair enough, you don't mm. have to be. But she said um, there's a pointless um, uh, cook, uh, denouement at the top of a at the top of a crane, and there's no reason for it being there. It's just ran- a random place to have it. And I'm like. Just reading it, thinking the whole point of this episode is about people falling off things. Yeah. That's what it's an episode about. <laughs> can you can you jump or will you fly or will you hit the ground and survive or not? Uh, so for me, I just think this is a exactly it just really fitting for, for this story. Yeah, and to end up dangling off the I think it's right there in the title, isn't it? It's the uh... <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's it's not subtle. Yeah. yeah, and and is the woman who fell to earth the doctor or Grace? That's the other. Uh... I guess the other That's thing nice. I don't know. 
that, that's another very nice thing oh danger of death do not climb mm. yeah see they just don't watch those piff films that terrified those of us who were old enough to have been terrified by the children's public information films yeah the, uh, these, the one with the kite these young millennials <laughs> yeah he'd be flying his kite next to a power station and the that Kate one was horrific, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Absolutely horrific, yeah. The, uh, the the Crane stuff reminded me a little bit of Casino Royale, which is a movie I absolutely love. Um, oh, yeah. And that kind of got me thinking as well. They're kind of doing a similar thing that they did with the new Bond in Casino Royale. They've only gradually um, kind of given them the the iconic parts of the character. So and, the doctor here gets yeah. there's a sonic screwdriver and then kind of he's, he's, he's gathering the companions around her. Um, and then at the, it's only towards the end that she remembers that she's the doctor. She's st- and she gets the costume and then she's still going to get the TARDIS, but and the same thing yeah. seen a real of, he gets the double O and then he, he kind of gets the gun and the car and it's only the only at the, the very end says Bond, James Bond and gets the theme tune as well um, but I think it's a, it's a great way of introducing a new incumbent into a role like that well, just don't, don't fire everything off at once like how they held back the Dalek for a few episodes uh, on the first time around with the reboot yeah. probably about the TARDIS too, too or whatever and this just gives it a little bit more tension because we know about his dyspraxia and we know it's it's a little bit and we know that it's a thing for him. Yeah. He's not just somebody climbing up a ladder and we hope they don't fall off. It's somebody who we know is going to, is finding that really difficult doing it. Yeah. I'm stating the obvious here. The, yeah, but the stuff with the bike at the, uh, at the beginning really pays off now, doesn't it? Because it's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a random thing to make us feel sorry for him or anything like that. It's part of his, part of his, uh, his, his life. Yeah. And a little jump nice share there where the, uh, where Tim Shaw appears at that window, which... Doctor Who doesn't often go in for jump scares, does it? But there's a little, uh, no, little one there. Yeah, you've got to be on it. That's a nice little bit of uh, foreshadowing there. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me a little bit. The, the final episode of Series Five of Buffy ends with them all up the up cranes, and but someone and she has to jump off to save the universe, or not? No, don't spoil it. But um, uh, and that reminded me that the first episode of Buffy has a fake well not fake but one of the get there's an extra member of the gang a lad called Jesse who gets killed in the first episode and it's a real shock because the episode has been entirely been set up as if he is one of the gang that's um, right and apparently yeah. they wanted to include him in, they wanted to have him in the opening credits but at that time they had such a thin budget they couldn't afford to do a special one off opening credits just for the first episode so they didn't do it um, and, uh, and I guess that's what we're sort of getting with Grace here yeah, it's something that Joss Whedon eventually got to do with Angel, wasn't it? When they, was it Doyle, the guy that was in the first season of Angel? Yeah. And he was set up as one of the regular cast and he was in the credits and then it was uh, just a few episodes in, killed him off. I've never gone back to Buffy, but I loved it at the time. It's one of my multiple rewatch series. Yeah. Doctor Who, Buffy and Battlestar Galactica, the new, new Battlestar Galactica, are the ones that I've watched more than a couple of times all the way through. Yeah. He didn't really like the ending of the new Battlestar Galactica. I I didn't like it the first time, and then the second time I did. It, it felt first time I had went in with a lot of expectations, but when I watched it all through again, knowing that that was how it was going to end, yeah, such a good shot. 
yeah, this this gives it a real epic feel, doesn't it, when they're swinging around on these? Although I'm not sure whether health and safety would actually have permitted them to build two cranes that could actually technically touch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think some real shoddy work practices going on in Sheffield at the moment. If that's yeah. the case, there doesn't seem to be anybody else on the on the building site either, apart from the security guy. I was wondering what he was doing at night. What he was. She, um, oh, do you see um, what's his the, the, um, fuck, I'm still not learning everybody's names yeah. <laughs> Grace and Bradley Walsh told everyone that there'd been a um, that there was a, oh, yeah. some kind of prop crisis yeah. and evicted them all that's totally right uh, yeah. I was, in the, yeah yeah I was, it doesn't take uh, much to persuade a night shift worker to uh, go and sit somewhere warm instead of yeah. you know, in the rain I'm sure uh, no that does make sense I'd, I'd forgotten all about that yeah now like that what, what, do you make, what do you make of his character did you find him sympathetic or um, same Carl, sympathetic or annoying, or yeah, he's he's borderline, isn't he? He's um, I think he's quite endearing. He's endearing enough that because uh, you can see that he's trying and not really not remotely in his element anyway. Yeah, yeah, I feel a bit sympathetic for him. But that, at the same time. that line that it's his dad's company, it, I think it speaks volumes that he's probably been kind of forced into that career. Um, he doesn't like heights. He's not. He doesn't seem like somebody that would particularly fit in on a building site because he's he's got that sort of um, CD that he listens to to try and sort of bolster his confidence. Now, when we meant when she says, "If you want something doing, that's a I, I, I completed that in my head. I just get a woman to do it." Ah, right. But I can't remember if that actually is a saying or if I was just because yeah. it's not. If you or, or there's the other one is if you want a job doing properly, do it yourself. But that's not what she was saying. So yeah, I think it was a yeah nice stuff. And then she's uh, yeah she's saying thing her legs used to be longer so she could have, she could have got a better run up there. She got very good grip though clinging onto wet metal with bare hands. Yeah, maybe, maybe she got a, a post regeneration magnetism. Yeah, I like the steam coming off uh, Tim Shaw's uh, kind of suit as well. Yeah. Suggests that thing about him being super cold. It's a good way of doing it without. Uh, without much of much effect or anything yeah yeah the subtitle just said dr pat's coat and yeah. i immediately thought of patrick Trout. yeah uh, <laughs> well, it's not it's no. not it's not dr pat's coat it's, it's not, dr it, peter's coat it's not a frock coat yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she is still technically wearing peter capaldi's doctor's uh, question mark underpants which are canon according to that episode where he said he was wearing yeah the Zygon underpants. one isn't it when uh, when Osgood says why don't you wear the question marks anymore and he says yeah I do they're my underpants yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I looked up the guy that plays Tim Shaw he's um, there's nothing I really recognised him from but he's got a great voice hasn't he I think uh, one of his yeah. credits actually was um, like a World of Warcraft computer game or something like that um. But uh, no previous Doctor Doctor Who credits. I wondered if he'd been like a fact, Cyberman or something. Yeah, but no, it's a real clean sheet, isn't it? For mm. um, that sort of thing, I haven't, I haven't done to, I haven't particularly checked, but I get the impression that it's a whole like, almost an entirely new production staff. Yeah, I don't know if there's people further down. Maybe there's people further down the wrong who who are um, you know, BBC BBC Wales people. But um, it, it does feel like a whole new show. Whereas Moffat was more Moffat was inheriting from his predecessor. Yeah, he, he brought all new directors in, didn't he, for series five? Yeah, 
Uh, but yeah, it didn't didn't go all the way like like Chibnall has. The the um, oh, I forgot his name. The the casting director, he's the same. Is Andy? Yeah, she's, Andy somebody. She's totally gonna die. You just know at this yeah. point, don't you? I'm enjoying this so much, and I love you so much. Yeah, yeah. it's she's slightly got the Clara thing, hasn't she? Of, of being too gung ho and kind of reckless. Yeah, but, but this time it matters. Yeah. It's a little thing. <laughs> I'm not here to make digs at previous decisions. Yeah. <laughs> previous producer. I'm just there to enjoy what's on telly. <laughs> but having said that, <laughs> when, if people would just stay dead once in a while, it would it would let you really have feelings about them and miss them. I mean, the whole point of that is that these characters have got to cope with losing someone wonderful to them. Yeah. And not just that they've got their TARDIS and gone off flying around the universe and temporarily can't be seen. Yeah. They, but this is, so, you know, Adric getting bumped off in my first series as a fan. Tough, it toughened us up, our generation, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> it was just like, it was, it was absolutely shocking. And it, it was just like, you know, yeah. a, a character reading a famous five book and one of the famous five being blown up by a bomb. Mm. And, um, it just was such a weird thing to experience aged whenever I was about seven. Yeah, it's... Uh... Kind of a and it, and it obviously wasn't <clears throat> wasn't leaked at the time, was it? I mean, there wasn't the internet and the yeah, there's no really for it to leak too. Yeah. yeah. When we used to play Doctor Who at school, I um I used to want to be Adric. I didn't want to be the Doctor because I yeah. thought I thought Adric was the coolest one because he knew about <laughs> computers and things. <laughs> Did you um make the the costume out of the Doctor Who pattern book or anything? <laughs> Uh, the wounds were too. By the time that came out, I think he was already gone, and the wounds were too yeah. fresh. I couldn't bear it. <laughs> yeah, he's coming back. I think. Do, what do you think about the the doctor saying to Carl that you had no right to do that? I, I, I took up on that this spot. Yeah, that he, is interesting. Carl kicks Tim Shaw off the crane. But hadn't the doctor just poisoned him anyway? Well, that's, the, that the was the he's got like four bomb, four DNA bombs in him. I understood that that was going to kill him, um, unless he's unless they're more potent for humans. Um, but it's it's slightly like the Christmas invasion thing, isn't it? Where the Doctor kicks off about Harriet Jones blowing up the Sycorax ship, like that guy was going to take him away from yeah. Earth and trap him in stasis for all time, uh, and has done that to other humans. It's it, it's not that unjustified, is it? It's kind no, of the thing. No, where but she's still just shocked by it. Cause yeah. It's a thing where it's all right when the doctor does it, isn't it? I suppose, uh, like when he he kills uh, David Bradley's character in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship and stuff. Yeah, this was acting. While I was expecting this, it, it was still a bit of a gut punch. I think it's her last words that yeah. that that get you as well. That her last thought is for yeah, and, and for Graham. This bit and sort of pushing him forward, you know. The um, the background here to Ryan's bedroom. At first, I thought that it doesn't look like a, a bedroom it, until it, until you get the other shot no, at the window. Doesn't. It looks. I thought maybe it was a room in the TARDIS. Um, it's only it's when just you, a weird perspective of his. Uh... Yeah, because I thought is that there's kind of like a diamond shaped thing. Is that at the back of his chair? But it isn't when you see. 
the chair from behind. So it just, yeah, it's, it's kind of the black walls and the, the weird shape. I guess it's like an attic room or something with a sloping roof. But uh, to begin with, uh, I, I suspected uh, that it was the TARDIS, that it was maybe seeing his room aboard the TARDIS. But, uh, and you thought he was going to write but the yeah, bike no, that's here yeah, I, it's, I'm dying to know how long it's going to be till we see that. Yeah, and I'm I'm really hoping that we get a period where the Doctor can't control the TARDIS again. I just find the thought of that really exciting. Yeah, um, that, that they don't know where they're going to land, um, and uh, they've got to just deal with it with their wits. Um, yeah, I'm all, all in favour of a bit of that. That well, wouldn't last. Obviously, it wouldn't last forever. No, but it. Would I'm glad that here it didn't just cut the. I'm glad that here it didn't just cut to him. Ray, I can ride my bike now. It, it, it's like uh, I still we don't get that kind of resolution. But you can see he's just getting a little bit better, and he's doing a bit more. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the the expected ending there. But yeah, you, do, you don't get it, do you? So. And then, yeah, it seems like the Doctor's been around for a few days here as well. If they've, um, they've got the funeral organised and and stuff, so she's she's been hanging around them for quite a while at this point in the same clothes. Yeah, and and this part is just yeah, and this part's really moving. It is a really good. I mean, I mm. much as I love Earthshock and season nineteen, I am prepared to concede that the aftermath of Adric's death wasn't handled in the most sensitive and timely <laughs> way. It's like, oh well, let's go to an exhibition. I'll cheer you all up. Yeah. And then there's a bit where, um, when they land at the wrong time, Tegan and Nissa both like go. They just get really upset about the fact that they've not got to the great exhibition. It's like this has ruined our day. My <laughs> friend got exploded two hours. It's it's that era as so, well, yeah, isn't it? It's the good way to have. Yeah, it's good that they that it carries weight. But it's the same thing with sort of Auntie Vanessa and Tremas. They they all die around that time, yeah, don't they? The entire age truck. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't leave any lasting emotion. I've watched I flicked through I've I've watched a few little um a few first episodes, like Astro Valve Part One. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other one I watched? Like Twin Dilemma Part. Um and it is just really interesting seeing how they pitch it and, and what they what the crew the production team thought was the really important thing to do with their first episode of their new doctor um and and castafalva is fascinating how how little the doctor really is in it you know he's just this ill person who gets lost in the tardis and has to go to sleep yeah while they try to deal with the uh, a bit of, really it's a bit of a remake of the elements of edge of destruction mm. i mean i think eric's i think um the, the it must have watched that yeah yeah he was sort of fascinated a bit by the TARDIS wasn't he with all that stuff seemed like yeah yeah um, the, the, and, the, and uh, as a kid I, found, I did find that really involving as a kid it was fine it, it made the TARDIS this huge I totally sold it to me that the TARDIS was this enormous weird realm that wasn't just a wasn't just a vehicle with some rooms in it it's some kind of weird metaphysical space <laughs> Yeah, there's um, there's a very good article by James uh, Curie Smith, who's writing I really enjoy. I think it's on the Hero Collector website where he takes a look at each Doctor's okay. first story. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but that's uh, that's really uh, a really well written look at it all. Uh, and then here we get the the little hark back to or a little maybe not hark back, but 
echoes of Tomb of the Cybermen with yeah, reference to the Doctor's family. And, and just really uh, just really well delivered. And, really, and, and to have her talking about people who we as viewers know, she's talking about people who are stranded on Gallifrey or whatever. Yeah. He's talking about having cancer and it's just mm. something so real. To, and then to have Doctor Who about the space family who are missing somewhere in outer space yeah. or, or the depths of time. Putting those two things side by side is so difficult to try and pull off. And I think, and I think it does. You know, it mm. doesn't look stupid or out of tone or anything. It, it hangs together really well. Yeah. And I suppose the Doctor could be talking about uh, companions as much as anything else, can't she? She's uh, not necessarily a, a kind of a biological family, but companions that she's separated from and can't see again. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dodo. Mind you, Dodo's out there somewhere. Yeah. But no, <laughs> not Dodo. She met a grisly end, didn't she, in uh, Who Killed Kennedy, if you ever read that book from... Doctor from Who, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who fandom has not been kind to poor old Dodo. No. <laughs> it's, it's the first time the Doctor has ever gone to a clothes shop to get their new clothes. Yeah. Well, I mean, not a charity shop in this case, but, you know, let's go to a shop and get some clothes, rather than breaking into a pantomime and stealing clothes from a pantomime rack or something. Yeah. Uh, it's very hosp- down to earth. Our hospital, I think like the third, eighth and eleventh doctors all just nicked it from hospitals, didn't they? Yeah, that's a bit of a running motif there. Yeah. Uh, I like this um, kind of gadgety inventor throwing things together. It's This is a hard mm. back to sort of Pertwee era type stuff, isn't it? When he would cobble things together from cutlery and bits and pieces lying around. Careful, she doesn't accidentally make a baby Benton appear wearing a nappy. Yeah. Or even worse, adult. Or even worse, <laughs> adult Benton appear wearing a nappy. Well, <laughs> preferences, but <laughs> nappy shame. No, the, the, the penny drop for you at what was, what was obviously going to end up happening at the end of this yeah, that's, scene, I would just think. Yeah, I think when is, she says about there's 130, yeah, 139 lines, and she doesn't know what seven of them are. That 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 allows for an element of unpredictability. And uh, I hope that guy's corpse isn't still in the corner of this room. Um, yeah, yeah, they just uh, Grace just threw a blanket over it, didn't she? But yeah. I suppose but the I difficulty in introducing the police and police character, but then not showing the aftermath of all these bodies turning up and, and, you know, what would have to be an investigation. And, I mean, compared with um, uh, the first episode of Torchwood, where it's all about the, what's the name, Eve Cooper's character. Yeah. From the police. That, it could, this could easily just be any one of those three's story, and you could have left out the other two. But having, having the full set, is it all these different dimensions at once? Yeah. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah, this is this is great. And... Uh, and both the setup and this shot is there's a real kind of season twelve vibe, isn't there, of the stories running into each other, um, and then yeah. it's the it's the end of the arc in space, isn't it, where they uh, you've got the Doctor, Sarah, and Harry sort of floating through space. Uh, was they? Or is, it, is it that one? Or is it Genesis? I think it's Genesis, isn't it? Because that's when they use the time ring. Yeah, that's right. To take off. That's right, yeah, it's Genesis and leading into now, Revenge of the Simon, isn't it? Now, do you think this swirly stuff going on here, as it is all blurry, 
is that how it I'm wondering if that's how it is going to be or if that's sort of masked and that we're actually going to see it clearer next time and this is a sort of preview a teaser yeah I, I love the um the the theme tune arrangement it's got some yeah, of the original just, hasn't it and it's got a real kind of the, the kind of the drum beat of the da 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 I, I thought it sounded great oh that's dinner ladies this is the point where you're just shouting out what you know I'm from but yeah I love, I love the music um yeah I think it's got uh really it's like Delia with added military clout you know yeah, yeah. I um yeah I think it it, it could be my favourite of the new series. So there's a few names I don't know here, but uh, some some people I'm I'm pretty excited to see. Um, and I'm wondering, go back, just go back to the music. I'm wonder, I'm wondering what the um the, what intro we're going to get. Whether we're going to get the, a, a, dum, a long dum de dum intro uh, as because because. Because the most recent few versions, ever since Murray Gold came along, and, and, I, and I really like his, his, his theme, especially his early versions of the theme, um, the, the, you get the, um, it cycles through the bass line all the way through twice before the main melody comes in. Mm. And then the more recent versions, that's got sort of drowned out by orchestrations and stuff. Uh, whereas your Sylvester McCoy period, Kef hits us with the, uh, the melody line straight away. There's no dum-de-dum intros. yeah. I, I know it's not loved the the McCoy era one, but because it's the one from when I started watching, it's the one when I hear it that I, I get the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. But it's, <laughs> there's a real yeah, kind of takes me right back to childhood. I, I love that version of it. It's it's amazing the power that things like that have got, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, um, and for me, it's the, same, it's the Peter Howell version for me because it just it just seems so new and and fresh and but had all this weird history as well, which is just a. Uh, a uh, irresistible combination yeah uh, and then at the end there we've got um, Chris Knopf from The Good Wife which uh, series I, I absolutely loved and, and continue to enjoy awesome. the, the spin-off The Good Fight um, which I think the third series comes out next year so um, and Alan Cumming who's also oh. from The Good Wife Oh, right, is he? Yeah, I don't remember him from The High Life. Does he only go in programmes that rhyme usually? Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my, part, my partner's auntie taught him to play piano. In, ah, right. Dun, in uh, Dundee, yeah. Or not for a little town outside Dundee. That was that, how is that for the lamest claimed Doctor Who, that's <laughs> Doctor a, Who Association? That's a great uh, one, yeah. yeah. He, he so, talks yeah. about um, how he's been offered the part a couple of times, but uh, he's unwilling to move to Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so cynical about actors who say that. I, it's just become one of those things, hasn't it? But um, and they probably, they probably are telling the truth. It just it sounds funny when people say, oh, "Of course, yes, I've been off to the role of Doctor Who a few yeah. times." <laughs> or maybe, maybe someone you went for lunch with Russell T. Davis. Russell T. Davis took you for a sandwich in Greg's in 2004. Yeah. It doesn't quite make it <laughs> But um, that's just me. Being cynic. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. Was it were they invited to audition or, or were they actually offered it? Because God and God bless Jeffrey Belden, Belden, who is one of my the greatest actors of TV uh, and children's and uh, you know from the Crow Man from Wessel Gummidge and um, yeah. from Cowpill. But um, yeah, the, the number of times that he started thinking he had been asked to be the Doctor gradually sort of increased as the years went by. Yeah, um, but um, I bet he would have been a fantastic Doctor. I really wish he had been. Yeah, it'd have been great. I still feel like we missed out a bit with Bill Nighy 
when it was between him and Eccleston. Uh, I mean, Eccleston <laughs> was great, but um, I think I remember going to see the movie of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was came out, I think, the same year. And it wasn't a great movie, but Bill Nighy is Slarty Bartfast. I remember thinking if he was the doctor and he played it the way he played Slarty Bartfast, would have been brilliant. Uh, it would have knocked it out of the park. And just the other other roads that could have been taken are just um, are just fascinating, aren't they? And uh, but then there would have been no tenant because he would have been he probably might have stayed longer than uh, longer than a year. Yeah. Um, or maybe the tenant would have come two or three years later. Actually, that probably would have been it. Wouldn't it? I think David Tennant. I think David Tennant would have been the um, the tenth Doctor. However long whoever was the ninth Doctor had been. I think Russell T Davis had, had probably already decided that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was many people that watched Casanova and didn't think he'd be an awesome Doctor Who. Yeah, and yeah, and it was just definitely written uh, or, or, or sculpted for him to take over, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I still think I want um, my, my in many years' time. I want uh, my, my next Doctor is probably Tamsin Green. I would just love her to be a very cool and, and collected. Doctor, uh, sort of very different personality to Jodie's, and that would just be a really nice um, switch, you know, just, just yeah. like going from Troughton to Pertwee, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. She's, um, I love her in, in episodes and, and Friday Night Dinner. Um, yes. Two Friday characters are so far apart, but she's, she's brilliant <laughs> in both of them, yeah. Yeah, and Friday Night Dinner, if anyone listening has not yet watched it, go and watch it. It's so, it's just really nice comedy kept totally character based and it it gets funnier the more you watch it yeah. despite did you find that once you it's one of those ones where you get to know the characters and their quirks and the first time i watched it i, I was like well this isn't all that funny i think mean, there were some gags but it's not amazingly funny but then after watching it a couple of times a couple of episodes the same little things that the characters are doing start to become funny just because you, you get to know them better definitely yeah it's very smart those, very smartly written one of those things that i hardly know anybody else that watches but but I think he's superb. Yeah, yeah. It's on. Is it on? I think I think a couple of seasons are up on Netflix because Channel Four make it. Yeah, and you can get pretty much all Channel Four stuff on on Four and Demand, can't you? I think so. It's, of course, yeah. it's probably widely available. So yeah, that's that's a good recommendation. Yeah, yeah. We are unanimous. Yes. <laughs> as, as is um, this this Doctor Who show. I'm, I'm going to give this another look. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see what. I'm definitely going to be watching it next week. You're going to tune in next yeah. week. That's that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to bother talking about people who have gone on to bizarre. I'm never watching again. Rants because, but but then people do that with every Doctor to a certain extent. Some people say they'd never watch again if the Doctor was Scottish, probably. Yeah. Or, you know, back in the day. So whatever, watch, watch or don't watch. But boy, are they missing out! I just think it's, it, yeah, it looks really good. Of course, it is still brand new, and I was thinking, some there's plenty of time over the next few years, however long Chibnall gets and, and has it for, for him to keep doing the same thing over and over, and for it to become really annoying. And and, and uh, you know, you, you can you can have too much of, of one particular person's style. So it will be interesting to see what gets renewed and what um, how the Chibnall era pans out. You know, how long is he going to do it for? Yeah. I doubt he'd be mad if he stays for six years or six seasons. Uh, that would like like Moffat has. I would think that would just really burn anyone out. Yeah, 
it's 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 such a, an an uh, an idea intensive format, isn't it? Like you could take hats off to anybody that can can come up with so many. Like, like Moffat did so many stories over the, over those years. But, yeah, I think with anything, no matter how good it is, you need a change. Like we were saying about Murray Gold, the change becomes the, 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 the exciting thing that keeps you watching it in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, and, I mean, both um, RTD and Moffat, from, 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 I like their last seasons. Uh, for both of them, their final seasons are my favourite ones that they did. Yeah. So it's not that I'm... Um, uh, it's not that staying a long time is always going to be a bad idea, but um, and it's going to be interesting to see it as, as, as his era goes on what the um, different terms that you get within it are. Like, we would like when it was RTD, the Moffat episodes always stood out as the spooky ones and the really scariest ones. Um, and I wonder how we're going to get you know, there's all these new writers coming up, which is going to be very uh, exciting to see what their individual styles are and which ones become the sort of the runarounds and which ones become the uh, the big event ones. Yeah. Yeah. See see who the standouts are. Um We've got, it's just like having a new a new toy box to play with basically as a fan, isn't it? It's just Yeah, definitely. And and Doctor Who fans they love that, don't they? About, you know, kind of who wrote what and who directed it and yeah, there's there's just endless fascination with the behind the scenes. Um, you know, you've got to you can't just be a Doctor Who fan, you've got to be an expert in like ratings and scheduling and casting and <laughs> <laughs> everything yeah. else. And everyone, can, everyone sort of has their own niche. You'll get yeah. someone who knows all about comics and someone else who knows uh, that knows all of the targets inside out. Yeah. Uh, so it's got just got so much, so many different things for you to uh, to get your teeth into. Whatever works for your best. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I mean, the good news is we've we've definitely got five more years at least. Um, by all accounts, haven't we? That it's. Uh, oh. Yeah. It's this yeah, because the, the deal with when did they announce that? It was when they were selling it to China or somewhere, wasn't it? They said, "Oh yes, if you buy Doctor Who, we guarantee that you'll get more seasons." Yeah, yeah, this the five-year evergreen strategy, solid content pipeline <laughs> stuff. Yeah, <laughs> solid content pipelines. Yeah, if, which is fitting because we've we've just had our um, plumbing all replaced in our house this week. We've got a new solid content pipeline fitted to the outside of our house because yeah. we were having a hell of a time with the old one. And there's one thing you don't want, it's an unreliable solid content pipeline, yeah. I tell you. So I'm glad the BBC have got that in hand. Hopefully you'll get five years out of yours as well, at least. <laughs> at least, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Christmas specials, if yeah. lucky. <laughs> Definitely needed <at> Christmas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does, is there any confirmation of a Christmas special yet? I'm not sure if that's. There's rumours in there, but I don't know. Yeah, and then there was a rumour that it might not be on. There might be a Christmas special, but not on Christmas Day. Like it could be go out on New Year's Day or something. But then also there was rumours that, and then there's a the debate over whether or not they've definitely said that episode ten is not the Christmas special. It's, is it ten plus a Christmas special? And I bet after people listen to this or more probably all of them already know that and I've been bad and not, not checked on the latest news on that because um, I don't know whether we're getting 10 plus 1 or whether it's 10 and the 10th one is this Christmas special. Yeah, I wondered that at the time when it was announced that it was going to start in October. I thought it would depend on when it starts in October. It could be that it runs, because we've got 10 weeks, you know, sort of mid-October, I guess, to the end of December. Um, yeah. Yeah, it could be the finale. Be interesting and- to find out. Yeah, and, and one thing that this first episode has set up is this reintroduction of peril into the series, which I do really like because it, it makes it so much more dramatic. And we do not know if all three of these characters are going to survive to the end of the series. When when any one of them might now 
you know, make a sacrifice to heroically save everybody else's lives. Yeah. That's, um, and if, if they don't, even if they don't actually do it, it makes any, any scene where they're in, under threat just that much more. I mean, towards the end, who really ever worried if Rory's life, bless him, adore <laughs> Rory, wonderful companion, brilliant character, um, the pretty one as well, but um, they, who really would have minded if oh he's dead again you know he'll be back <laughs> it was just uh, he even it, started it referencing work. it himself Cause, didn't cause, he by the end yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah and they made a joke out I made a bit of a, a yeah. you know, little joke out of it within the series which is fine but um, it is just much better having a ser- an action adventure series where your central characters really are at risk of getting deaded and it really matters that the Doctor can save them yeah and we yeah, and we we don't we've never had this where we don't even know the title of episode three. With, Isn't that incredible? Yeah, yeah. With yeah. episode one having gone out, um, I wonder if it's only going to be when the Doctor Who magazine comes out where they've got the preview of well, they're going to have preview of the next four, I guess, in the next issue that we even find mm. out. I think they deserve um, some kind of award for being, uh, DWM for, for being able to produce so much content to fill a magazine every four weeks for the past few months while keeping practically everything secret at the same time. Yeah. There's got to be a real talent <laughs> required in, in writing a really long article about a story, which still manages to make it sound exciting, but which actually can't really tell you anything about it. Yeah, they just it's, whet the appetite and build anticipation without giving anything away. Yeah. It is, it is high-level tantalisation, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, so next week, the, the Ghost Monument. Um, Great title. Like, yeah, and... All we know is it's on an alien planet, basically, don't we? Nothing else given away whatsoever. No, yeah. I hope the Doctor's got a... Well, she hasn't got a cricket ball in her pocket, has she? To to ping off a spaceship and get a a Fort to Doomsday style and rescue them all. So, uh, literally hanging in space. Yeah, that's a a hell of a cliffhanger, isn't it? Very good, yeah. Uh, And especially given what happened in Oxygen uh, when, um, when the Doctor and Bill are exposed to the vacuum of space... I know it really, really had a physical cost for them. So anybody that, that's watched that series, you know, the kind of the ongoing viewers, yeah, you've got that yeah, knowledge put, that it does have a does have a serious effect. Yeah, and you'd hope that they'll put in something about maybe they're in a little bubble of the air that came with them for a couple of nanoseconds, just as long, just as long as or a couple of seconds, actual second, yeah. and then they'll get swept up by a uh, passing infinite improbability drive or something yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, uh, or maybe they'll do a princess leah style magical floating no i don't think they'll do that yeah that's um, uh, but it, yeah because the, the way they zoom right out so you can see that there is nothing immediately around them if, mm, if they mm. kept it quite kind of zoomed in you thought ah, there's going to be something that's going to pull up alongside but interesting stuff mm. So next week I'll be discussing episode two with Ruth Long. Uh, so hopefully you will tune in then. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to say hello on Twitter, um, I am uh, my, my Twitter name is uh, very Pete Lambert, uh, and my, uh, my my handle is uh, prof prof underscore quite a mess, which I just thought was hilarious a long time ago when I picked it, like quite a mess, but quite a mess instead. Uh, and, and it just feels really awkward when I have to say it aloud. But anyway, very <laughs> Pete Lambert. If you search for that, uh, is, the long, is, is the long and short of it. I think um, it's a great Twitter name. When, when we 
obviously met for the first time at Warp uh, last month. Not mentioned before. Yeah, have we? Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, that was um, obviously I didn't recognise your photo, but when uh, from you from your photo, but when you said Professor Quiet Man, it's such a great Twitter name. I immediately knew who it was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, fantastic time at Warp. That was uh, that. That was a great convention. It was. It was. Uh, it was our long lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost. There weren't as many queues as we hear there were at Long Leap. Did you go to Long Leap? <laughs> no, I was not allowed to go. I was seven, and my brother was fourteen, and he no, my brother was sixteen, and he just got a little moped, and I told, I, I persuaded him to to offer to drive me to. Bath from Leicester on the back of his moped, uh, and our parents said it was not allowed, and I had the biggest sulk uh, for a long time because uh, they said it was not actually a technically good idea for a sixteen-year-old and a seven-year-old to try and go four hundred miles round trip on a moped. Uh, so yeah, but then in retrospect, maybe they, they weren't being the, the tyrants that I, I felt they were at the time. But. <laughs> And you might have just never got in as well. You might might have just been queuing. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I did get but the year after we weren't we weren't there uh, just on a visit, and, and uh, I have such happy uh, memories of, um, of, of visiting the uh, the exhibition at Longmeet. That was the first time I ever see it. Saw Doctor Who stuff, you know, for real, and a shop full of Doctor Who things that you could buy. Uh, it was uh, it was a really, really lovely place to visit um, at any time. Yeah. Brilliant. It's it's not there anymore, is it? Sadly not. No, they had a, they had a fire. I think um, a, a few years in the late nineties. I think there was a fire that damaged a lot of the stock, and then they sort of they managed to tidy up a few of them and put them back on display again. But it was a bit a bit sad. And then they uh, they let it go just a couple of years before the reboot started. I think in the early two thousands they, uh, they they let it lapse because it just wasn't getting the interest, I suppose. And and it was a, a singed pterodactyl and a half yeah. a broken side. And you know um, the glory days uh, sadly were not there anymore. So, uh, but in its in its day, it was because uh, I know Blackpool gets a lot of um, uh, a lot of kudos from people who went there, and, and yeah, yeah Longley deserves it too. Yeah, I never went to anything when I was a kid. But I, I remember always wanting to go to the uh, the museum of was it Mommy Museum of Moving Image one, uh, where yeah. they filmed the Shada bits with Tom Baker. Um, but, yeah, I never made it. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, we're. we're Spoiled more now. Well, not that we've got the uh, the Cardiff one anymore, but hopefully, uh, hopefully something will uh, will come along. Yeah, I'm sure it will if uh, if it goes uh, if, if things go as well as they seem to be going. Yeah, hopefully uh, rise to meet the demand, won't they? Yeah. I, did, I got to see. Did you go to Cardiff? I got to go there. Um, just, I made a point of, of, of going there just a few uh, few weeks before it closed, uh, and it was um, it was really nice to see it. But yeah, it was you could you could see that it was. Um, underpopulated with visitors I guess because you know Doctor Who isn't as big as it had been a few years ago yeah I went in the February before it closed because uh, I'd right. been a few years before that but I wanted to see, to, to see it again before it went uh, it was uh, yeah it's a shame but hopefully I'd like them to go back to the roving expedition uh, the roving exhibitions they used to do where they'd uh, they'd have like the smaller ones and you'd they'd be in like the science museum in Manchester or the the, the life centre at Newcastle that kind of thing yeah, yeah. I think there was one that came to the Leicester Space Centre hmm. um, around the time of the reboot. Actually, I'm having I've got a bell ringing about that that I think I went to see. Um, yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure this that we're going to get a big uptick in, uh, in in public enthusiasm for it with the current with, the, with this time slot as much as anything. It's just such a good time slot for 
the kids to watch yeah. on their um, you know, the end of a end of a boring cold Sunday night. Uh, it's dark outside. Come in and watch Doctor Who. It feels like there's a there's a kind of a wave of that. A couple of women that I I work with were talking about. I was overheard them talking about watching it. They were saying they hadn't watched it since David Tennant was the Doctor. They watched it last mm-hmm. night and uh, and enjoyed it. So I took that as a positive sign. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's there's just always appetite for a show for this for this series. It's just got much to give and uh, people in terms of just entertainment and and something different. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure discussing the woman who fell to earth with you. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so. Thank you so much for, for, for having me on. It's such a good podcast. It's a real. Um, I feel really uh, uh, privileged to to have had a go. Uh, being one of your um, one of your contributors. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to hearing the rest of your reviews. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get you back on uh, at some point in the future. That'll be smashing. Cool. Well, thank you very much for listening at home, and goodbye. <laughs>